1: And welcome to the Explaining History podcast. And tonight I'm going to talk um, a little bit uh, about the developments in Indochina uh, by about 1949-1950 that made it almost impossible that the French would be able to uh, reclaim their colony. Now, if you've listened to this podcast uh, for a while, you might know that I've uh, referred occasionally to the brilliant book Fight or Flight by Martin Thomas. Uh, which is an excellent piece of scholarship uh which looks at um the British and French empires and their decline in the post war decades and compares um the two uh, looking at how and when colonies um, uh, colonizers uh, fled or fought for their colonies so um looking at uh, the uh, looking at uh, martin thomas's work um There is an interesting point that he makes on the subject of um, Vietnam by 1949 and the transformation that happens with the establishment of the People's Republic of China in October of that year. Um, Very quickly, Ho Chi Minh um, moved to make a military uh, alliance with Mao um, sending envoys uh, to Beijing, and the uh, traditionally over um, the, the at least the, the previous uh, thousand years, China had been an, an aggressor to Vietnam, and was a country that ordinarily the Vietnam Vietnamese viewed with uh, extreme suspicion, in, in much the same way that um, entreaties from uh, England to Ireland might have been. Uh, viewed with um, with suspicion. Um, Martin Thomas writes, Leaving in secret, um, Ho Chi Minh, uh, he walked for 17 days from northern Tonkin to conduct talks with Mao's deputy Liu Shaoqi and Zhu Di, um, senior commander of the Chinese People's Liberation Army. From then he travelled by more modern means to Moscow for discussions with Stalin, and more importantly, another Chinese duo. Foreign Ministers Zhou Enlai and Mao himself, both of whom were visiting the Russian capital at the time. Yes, Mao in 1950 was travelling for Stalin's birthday uh, to the Russian capital to form the the first Sino-Soviet treaty, uh, which he would later bitterly regret. Mao himself, um, during that trip, uh, was snubbed by Stalin for quite a long period of time, was forced to kind of wait to see Stalin. Just a really remind Mao um, who was was in charge. Um, and Stalin himself had um, always questioned whether really having a communist ally or perhaps even rival in China was the best thing. Um, he threw his weight eventually behind Mao when it looked more than likely that um, Mao was going to win the Chinese Civil War knowing that if he did so and he provided the decisive effort then Mao would be in Stalin's debt and also what Stalin uh, really didn't want was an independent communist power uh, rather like Tito um, being established and not having uh, any sort of fealty towards the Soviet Union and Stalin not having any role in actually creating a new communist state. So, uh, eventually, uh, Stalin uh, decided to, to back Mao in the, 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 Russian, uh, the Chinese Civil War. Uh, previously, during the Second World War, he had backed uh, the Nationalist leader, Chiang Kai-shek, um, uh, believing that it was far better to have a, a stable Chinese regime, even one that you don't particularly ideologically align yourself with, between Russia and Japan. Stalin was non-committal. But Mao, consistent with the Chinese communist policy of leaning to one side by promoting revolutions throughout East Asia, promised every military assistance needed by Vietnam in its struggle against France. The war in Indochina was about to get much bigger, confronting France with decolonisation's first total war. So this is a really, really pivotal moment, this meeting uh, in the, at the beginning of in January 1950, Uh, in Moscow, where all of a sudden the kind of anti-colonial struggles that had been happening or were happening in Malaya, um, which uh, involved fairly isolated bands of mainly Chinese -Chinese, Malay-Chinese communist guerrillas that were quite easily dealt with by British special forces and um, uh, Gurkhas. Um, They were... uh, unrecognisable um, to, to what would eventually emerge in Vietnam, which would be, uh, in North Vietnam, a skilled, uh, large communist army, um, which suddenly injected um, Cold War politics right into the very heart of anti-colonial struggles. And this is something that Western powers feared greatly uh, throughout the Cold War era, that um, their uh, decolonisation, which was in most cases designed to be a formal decolonisation followed by a kind of a more informal set of imperial arrangements, normally a um, uh, kind of empire by other means, that this would now be confronted by um, the, uh, the other Cold War powers, uh, opposing Cold War powers um so by july 1950 um the chinese military advisory group um had established over the frontier in uh, nanning um in northern china in southern china in guangxi province um preliminary training of uh the democrat democratic republic of vietnam's north vietnams uh, military cadres was beginning Um, And this was led by Chinese military advisers who are also installed in Viet Minh uh, battalions um, over in um, North Vietnam. The Chinese introduced Maoist ideas, uh, Maoist uh, guerrilla warfare uh, notions, um, and uh, particularly the the mobilisation of Vietnamese women to fight uh, was a key part of uh, Maoist guerrilla doctrine. Um, This was uh, less to do with um, uh, revolutionary thought and more to do with simple demographic necessity. It was a quick way of being able to create a large uh, army uh, able to counter whatever the French were likely to throw uh, against the Vietnamese. So, uh, in line with this uh, expansion of the DRB's military capacity, um, General Chen Geng, uh, who was the commander of the People's Liberation Army's 20th Army Corps, uh, and an old friend of Ho Chi Minh, took charge of the plans to launch a major offensive along the Vietnam-China frontier, forcing French forces from the border region back. Um, and if this was possible, then that would mean that there would be an open border between France, I uh, mean, between uh, Vietnam and China, over which uh, supplies uh, could pour, the French had basically the same idea. Um, at about the same time that the Chinese plans were being finalised, General Marcel Alessandri, who was the um, uh, Expeditionary Force of the French Expeditionary Forces uh, Northern Commander, uh, was pushing French units towards the Chinese frontier uh, to close it off. Um, colonial uh, troops, uh, troops from uh, South uh, South Vietnam, uh, fanned out across the heavily po- populated Red River Delta, um, while others, uh, other French troops seized Dan Khe, um, which was a strategic border outpost. These advances were essential if the Chinese lifeline was to be severed, uh, and the uh, events on the northern border were to be reversed within the next few months. Um, By September, the Chinese military advisory group had sent over 14,000 guns, medicine, uniforms, uh, 2,800 tonnes of grain, um, and um, part of a a regular supply line um, that would be virtually uninterrupted for the next uh, four years until really the the fall of the uh, French in uh, Vietnam. And that tells us a really, really important story. Um, so at the end of the Korean War in 1953, the, the way in which um, Maoist propagandists uh, presented the Korean War was this was the, the first great victory over capitalism. That Mao had stepped up where the Soviets had feared and Mao had defeated a capitalist force, defeated America. To call it a defeat is is perhaps over overstating the case. But well, certainly, uh, two hundred fifty thousand Chinese troops in Korea had pushed the um, uh, the American-led uh, United Nations force uh, to its its very limits, um, and there had been a stalemate had been fought out until um, the uh, res- resumption of the division of the peninsula at the thirtieth parallel. Uh, in 1953. But throughout this entire period, China is fighting a proxy war in Vietnam. China is fighting two wars against um, Western imperialism at the same time. And the one being fought in Vietnam um, is is really, really overlooked. But the fact that it was um, the the flow of thousands of tonnes of grain Thousands of artillery pieces, uh, uniforms, medicine and uh, other equipment um, meant that it were that um, the North Vietnamese become a viable fighting force. Ma- um, Martin Thomas writes, On the 16th of September, DRV soldiers, now better equipped, better fed and better organised into larger regimental formations, moved on to the attack. A Vietnamese force of 10,000 recaptured Dong hai after two weeks uh, of intense fighting two days of intense fighting. Uh, by now the DRV's field army, fortified by Chinese supplies, bore scant resemblance to Malaya's isolated and unsupported communist insurgents. For the expeditionary force, the this is the French expeditionary force, losing Donghe was the prelude to catastrophe. Pounded by Chinese supplied shells and outnumbered by the DRV troops, three French battalions at Kaobang, um, the principal French garrison in northeast Tonkin were ordered by Commander-in-Chief, General Georges Carpentier, to e- evacuate. It all has a kind of um, a sort of resonance to the later disaster of the NBN Fou. Um They were aware that their retreat might leave them exposed, and Carpentier ordered another four battalions, and Lieutenant General Marcel Lepage, into the area to provide cover as the columns snaked uh, along Route Colonial 4. Neither the, neither the evacuees nor the reinforcements got far. Le Peg's force was severely mauled in an ambush on the 8th of October, and two days later, the units leaving Calvang were hemmed in on the roadside and wiped out. Almost 5,000 soldiers were lost, some missing, most killed. So, the here it's important to kind of delve into the tormented french national psyche by 1950 of course france had suffered uh, terrible psychological blows during the war and actual blows during the war um the humiliation of occupation uh, of of france itself being occupied but also of france's colonies particularly vietnam being occupied by the uh, japanese um, what had happened to them during the war, particularly the, the insult of having to be liberated by the British, and not just the British, but the but the, the Britain's Indian soldiers who, by and large, uh, let the French out of their Japanese concentration camps in nineteen forty five. Uh, this was, in many cases, too much to bear. Um, and the um, what what was happening to France, happening to um, the French colonists, was the realization that they were no longer the, uh, the masters in Vietnam, and far greater forces, particularly those pouring over the border from China, um, were really influencing uh, I- events. And that retreat from empire, that crisis of empire, I- I- is, is what we can see. Um, the French humiliation was sealed by the capture of Le Page and Lieutenant-Colonel Pierre Charton, uh, his opposite number in Kaobang. Um, other remaining northerly garrisons at Lao Kei, Lang Son, and Hua Bin were immediately instructed to withdraw. Um, and they went with such a haste that 11,000 tonnes of ammunition were left behind for the DRV units that were closing in. So this had been a, a triumph for General Chen over the border in China and a triumph for Ho Chi Minh. Um And it meant that automatically the, the balance of the war in uh, Vietnam for the recolonization of Vietnam had begun to shift. It was the first uh, huge bloody nose for the nose for the French, and it wouldn't be the last one. The problem, of course, for France is that on the domestic front, um, a country that was really recovering from the occupation uh, of the Nazis and the, the physical devastation wrought by, um, by the war and by the kind of the, um, the, the, the sacrifices of, of liberation had little appetite for more struggle and more suffering and more loss, particularly in a part of Southeast Asia that most French people uh, had never gone to and had little understanding of. Um Ho Chi Minh uh telegrammed Stalin um with uh the news um that after Dong um that there had been a victory for proletarian internationalism. Um the DRV, the, Demo- the Democratic Republic of Vietnam's uh, armies uh in Tonkin were now able to link up with fighters in the further south and they began to look on uh, a single liberated zone uh, spanning uh, Tonkin and northern Annam, which is really uh, a large proportion of what would have been North Vietnam. Uh, Throughout the winter of 1950 to 51, the Chinese continued to support uh, the DRV um, and continued to support their forces um, uh, in uh, splitting their armies into three, Um, systematically retaking uh, all the ground along the Red River Delta that had been occupied by Alessandri's colonial troops the year before. Uh, And by June, gunfire could be heard within 20 kilometres of Hanoi. Um, Of course, uh, by this point, um, uh, it's only in 1954 uh, at the peace talks in Geneva uh, that the country is partitioned and that the... um, um, that the that, uh, North Vietnam is, is actually created. So by n- 1951, um, cities such as Hanoi were still in the control of uh, French colonists. Um, so the dilemma, for example, for René Pleven, the uh, French Prime Minister, was how to respond to this catastrophe. On the 19th of October, during the French National Assembly's uh, autopsy of the events. Uh, he dismissed suggestions from Pierre Co, um on the left and a veteran of the 1936 uh, Popular Front uh, that at the time had come to open talks with uh, Ho Chi Minh. Despite uh, Pleven's attempts to uh, make all the right noises and um, salute the glorious dead, and say, we'll persevere, we'll carry on, Um, he was forced to reveal, um, under intense pressure from opposition parties, that um, he would be starting to reduce troop numbers in 1951, which was a direct signal to the North Vietnamese uh, and to the Chinese that their strategy was working, and all they needed to do was to uh, persist. Um, Tonkin would be defended, as it had been on uh, numerous occasions over the past 90 years, he said, um, but nobody really believed this. It was uh, unconvincing. Um, and the minister uh, left the chamber uh, to jibe some of the communists that France was the handmaiden to America's Asian imperialism. The British um, also looked at the situation and saw only any bad news, Um, They said that the expeditionary force really lacked the will to win um, and the communists' grip on North Vietnam would only tighten um, as Chinese military help, more weapons, and assured supplies of food because North Vietnam had, within the previous decade, uh, uh, endured a famine. Um, It had endured a famine in 1945. So um uh food the fragility of, of kind of food security is key in, in understanding this um that the um the the, the the this these factors would enhance communist control um over the north more significantly um, was the political context the the british thought, and the most striking feature of this was the uh, universal unpopularity in, in France uh, of the war um, and the universal unpopularity of French colonists amongst the uh, the Vietnamese. Um, most of the promises that have been made to the Vietnamese have been broken. Um, the uh, An equivocal French endorsement of national independence and democratic institutions might possibly have persuaded some of the vietnamese um to give the french another try give them another chance um and uh, to uh, avoid um getting in into bed with the communists um in this light the communists can be seen as um a vehicle for um the deliverance of uh, national independence um a great many of the buddhist peasant farmers uh, across North and South Vietnam, didn't really um, have a, a great deal of time for or understanding of Marxist-Leninist-Maoist thought, but what they did understand was that the communists offered land redistribution and an opportunity to be rid of the French and be rid of Catholic landowners, um, and this was uh, these were th- uh, three very uh, attractive um, attractive aspects to them. Um, the the British were concerned about um, an independent uh, socialist um, and national liberationist regime emerging in French uh, Indochina and the effect that that would have on what remained of Britain's Asian empire uh, as well. Uh, French voters simply just switched off in uh, apathy. Um, finding the uh, the coverage of Vietnam too depressing uh, and too far away to, to absorb. So those who were inclined to apathy, writes Martin Thomas, um, or anxiety, may have closed their eyes to French problems in the Far East. But bleak events by 1950 did spark French religious opposition and louder intellectual criticism of the conflict, albeit outside the mainstream domestic political opinion. Human rights organisations, church, church groups, and prominent literary figures questioned the wisdom, the methods, and the ethics of a war costing more and more lives. Relatively few establishment figures were willing, as yet, to air their pangs of conscience. Leclerc's um, former advisor, Paul Mousse, uh, who had returned to France to assume the headship of the Colonial Service Training Academy, the École Nationale de la France Outremer, uh, was a notable exception. In 1949, he published a sequence of articles in the magazine Témoignage chrétien um, that exposed the folly of French policy. They cost him his job. Mousse's uh, former boss in Saigon, Liang Pignon, uh, dem- uh, demanded his removal, aware that Moose's knowledge of Vietnam was unrivaled within government. Meanwhile, among the major parties in France, only the PCF, the Parti Communist Francais, uh, maintained an anti-war line but the communist hectoring tone only antagonised wider French opinion. So we still have a kind of a certain um, French ambivalence at this point, not mainly an apathy, but an indecision as to um, whether or not really to endorse uh, the withdrawal from Vietnam, even though the war itself is increasingly unpopular and, and difficult to uh, to understand and comprehend. Um, the communists talked about the evils of imperialism in from a, their own um, Stalinist perspective, but said essentially nothing about the human cost of, of the war, and chose not to talk about Ho Chi Minh's own unwavering Stalinism. Um, one could even suggest that communist anti-colonialism was counterproductive, Um, and it precluded other peace-inclined moderates from speaking out for fear being smeared as fellow travellers. The the problem always when you have, uh, in Western countries, Stalinists, in some instances, or Trotskyites uh, later, embracing uh, popular anti-war movements, is that they tend to find... um, their own uh, sectarianism has um, a a deleterious effect uh, on the overall anti-war movement uh, itself, um, making it difficult for those from the uh, centre ground uh, of politics to embrace their ideals um, for fear of being uh, too closely associated with them or to embrace the anti-war movement. Anyway, I want to continue with looking at the end of uh, France in uh, Vietnam over the next few weeks. Um, It's one of those stories that gets very little attention uh, because of America's role in the Vietnam War. So uh, I'm trying to add as much new content at the moment to the uh, Explaining History Patreon page. Um, I'm opening up as much access as I can uh, for students around the world, um, to um, make that useful to them during this coronavirus uh, crisis, um, so do check it out and share if you can. Uh, back Backers, if you uh, have the means to do so, um, send out passes, uh, pass, pass uh, things around. Um, if you if you can't do that, thanks very much, everybody. I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye bye.